Hi, I'm Heather Knight, and this is the Surviving to Thriving podcast. One in four women will experience severe physical violence by an intimate partner in their lifetime. We're going to discuss the taboo topic of domestic violence and the tools our thrivers have used to succeed in life. We want you to know that you are not alone in this fight. Please keep listening if you or anyone you know has been impacted by domestic violence. Before we get into today's episode, I would like to thank our sponsor, Night Protection Services for making this podcast possible and all the support they provide our cause. Yeah. And everybody's situation is different too. You know, I paint with a broad brush and, and I make light of drinking pop or making the bed. Well, you're right. There are people that are faced with major choices every day. Some people, life and death choices. I was speaking a couple of weeks ago to a group of high school students in South LA, you know, very tough neighborhood that they're in poor school. The questions that they had for me are not the same questions that I might get from most other high school students that I deal with. You know, you're getting questions similar to, all right, well, if, is it okay if my dad steals to feed us? Hey, we're in an abusive relationship. You know, my parents are abusive to us. You know, those are questions that are real questions, real life questions that the cliches don't work as much for. They're not worried about making their bed. They're worried about surviving or they're worried about where our next meal is going to come from. And I say that not to make light of me drinking pop or me making light of the cliche of making the bed, but it does become a mentality of, all right, yeah, Jamie's situation might be different than Heather's situation, which might be different than someone else's situation. You might have a tougher situation, but you can still present yourself with opportunities to make good choices, whatever that is, into you might experience less wins. It might be tougher on you. It might be more of a challenge. You might have more obstacles to overcome. Obviously, if you're born with like a silver spoon in your mouth, as opposed to being born in East St. Louis or Compton or Watts or, you know, any place that has a lower, you know, less opportunities, it's going to be tougher for you it obviously is going to be tougher. And so you're not worried about, did I drink pop or did I make my bed? But there are things, if you want to achieve something, what is it that you want to achieve most in life? You can set your mind on that and then figure out, all right, what can I do daily or what can I do hourly to try to achieve that goal? And I know I'm going to fall short a lot, but can I just barely eke out today and I have more wins? And then tomorrow it's one more win. You know, I know that sounds so cliche, but we see it time and time again that people are able to get out of a situation that they don't like or it's not very conducive to them. It doesn't mean it's easy. And it doesn't mean that it happens overnight sometimes. Yeah. But you can if you want to. And part of that, too, is the resources available. And I know you talk a lot about that resources available and things that you can do. There's a lot of resources available to people, whether it's domestic issues like you mainly deal with and talk about or whether it's poverty or it's educational uh, opportunities. There's lots of different things that different people go through, but there are resources available. There are people around you that can help. There are people that have been where you've been. And so it doesn't make it easy. None of that makes it easy just because I act like it's simple. Simple doesn't mean easy. Right. But that's where if you can develop some habits and that's where that success as a choice came from. And so on our podcast, we try to interview lots of different people from all different walks of life. It's not just sports people. And they tell us stories and success leaves clues. You know, we've had college drop or 
not college, we've had high school dropouts, people that, you know, were born to poor family, you know, single parent households, they drop out of high school and, you know, who now are worth millions, you know, they're self-made millionaires. And it's not like they had silver spoons, you know, in their mouth. And it's not like they got all the breaks. They just made a lot of mistakes through the years, but then they also learn from those mistakes. So we try to interview a lot of people because success does leave clues a lot of times. Yeah. And I think that in going back a little bit to, you know, those wins, even people who are in situations that we may not even be able to fathom, making that bed could be that, you know, like it doesn't have to be this huge thing that you overcome every day. It could just be like, I woke up and I made my bed and that was me. I did that for myself. And now I can do something or now, you know, like, let me figure out the rest of the day. Let me figure out, okay, yeah, I don't know where my next meal is coming from, but I was able to do something for myself this morning. And so there's definitely, I think, something to that as well. You know, it's like the, who it was a Jocko Willinks that made that book famous, you know, that, and it's not just for people who don't really have to deal with those struggles on a daily basis. I think that it, it could be for anybody that is going through anything, like just make your bed in the morning <laughs> and, you know, and there is something to that for sure. I forgot I was going to ask you next now. <laughs> I just like, yeah, but it, it could be for any situation. Maybe. All right. When I eat a Snickers while I'm driving, I'm not going to throw that Snickers wrapper in the back, you know, of my car so that my car looks like a trash can you know, I'm going to have a little bit more pride in my car or I'm going to have a little bit, it doesn't matter if my car's a junker, I'm going to have, I'm going to do what I can do. I can't control that my car is a piece of junk, but I can control if it's clean. Like that has nothing to do with social economics. It has nothing to do with your lot in life. You choose if you're going to throw away trash or not, you know, you choose how you're going to treat people. Yeah. Now you can say, well, you know, because of my upbringing or the environment I live in, you know, I've got to act this way. Okay. But does that get you closer to your goals? You know, everybody, you said it earlier, be kind to people. You know, we all have a choice over our attitude. We all have a choice over our effort. And most of us have examples in our life of both people that have bad attitudes, choose bad attitudes and choose poor work ethics. We also have people in our lives. We might have to look a little harder, but we have people in our lives that have had good attitudes and that have had good work ethics. And we just have to decide, do we want to kind of model our life and start making choices based on those things? But there's a lot of things we can choose that people are like, well, that doesn't matter for life. I'm not going to be a millionaire just because I don't throw my Snickers wrapper in the back seat. It's like, do you know any millionaires? Well, first of all, they'll be like, no, I don't know any millionaires. <laughs> but do you know any millionaires that have messy cars that throw Snickers wrappers wherever? No. You know, but it's just a way of taking care of yourself and saying, I have pride in myself. I might have the ugliest shoes, the oldest clothes of anybody in my class, but you know what? I'm going to wash them or I'm going to try to be neat or I'm going to try to do X, Y, and Z because I can choose that. Nobody can control me on that. Nobody can control that. I can control that. And so I want to be as in control of my life as possible. Control the controllables because there's enough in life that we can't control. You know, and this is another stupid thing, but it happens all the time. We can't control the red lights in our life. You know, we're driving down the road, wherever it is, and the red light hits us. It always seems to hit us right when we're in a hurry. We can't have this red light. We control our attitude about that. 
And do we, are we grateful? And do we, you know, praise Jesus for the green lights? You know, when we go through a green light, we're not all appreciative. We take it for granted. But when we get stopped by a red light, you know, we're dog cussing it out and we're all mad about it. That's a mentality that we have just in life in general is that we look at these red lights and we get mad, but we don't, we're not thankful for the green lights, but we can control our attitude. We can't control the lights. We control our attitude. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that is a huge lesson that everybody needs to learn is to let you can control the way that you react to things. You can't control the way that it happens, but you can control the way that you react. And I think that is such a huge thing. And it's not something like, even if you know that, if you learn it, that you're going to do perfectly every single time at all. Like you are going to have these moments where you just blow up and you're like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that that way. But if you can at least have the the hindsight to even look at that situation and be like, okay, yeah, let me, how do I fix that for next time? How do I not have that reaction? It's always a learning process. It's always something that you're going to be going through, but so such an important thing to learn that even if you can't control the situation, you can control the way that you react to it. And I think that's really important. So we are coming close to time wrapping up. Is there anything that you want to reiterate, follow up on? Just make sure that our audience knows before we head out. Yeah, the one thing, and I don't think I said this, and if I did, I probably didn't make it very clear, but you know, people look at me as this leadership guy. All right, I speak on leadership. And one of the things I always get is people have a misguided, in my belief, notion of leadership. So even, you know, you promote this episode, people, hopefully people have gotten this far in this episode, but it might say leadership and someone might be like, well, I'm not a leader. I don't need to listen to this guy. Or I don't, you know, I'm not in a leadership role because that's what we think of leadership as we think leadership as a position or a title. I've got this business card or I've got this cool office with a window, corner office with a window. That's not leadership. Leadership is one person influencing another. Leadership is taking someone from where they are to where they need to be. And Harriet Tubman, you know, we know her from history, maybe the Netflix series, if anyone's watched that. But Harriet Tubman, you know, I love using her as an example because her status, she had no status. Like she's a short, black, uneducated woman in the 1800s. It doesn't get lower than that from a status standpoint. Like she had no status, no authority, no official power but she literally took people from where they were to where they needed to be. She literally saved lives. She influenced, impacted people. And it wasn't because she arrived, you know, on a plantation or she arrived somewhere and was like, here's my business card. I'm somebody, you know, you need to follow me because I'm important. People believed in her. You're going to have people, you know, at your office, you're going to have people on your team, at your church, in your family, they influence people. And they may not have an official title. Everybody can do something. You might not be able to do everything, but you can do something. And let me give one more analogy. And then I know we got to go, but one more analogy to that, because I think it's very important. No matter what your status is, no matter what your lot in life, no matter where you're at, you can be a leader because you can help move people forward. And it might just be you and your best friend. But we've all been to, a lot of us have been to a sporting event maybe not during COVID, but we've all been to a sporting event or at least seen it on TV. And we've all seen the wave happening. Well, if you've been to, you know, an Atlanta Braves game, you know, or you've been to any, you know, sporting event where they do the wave, they didn't 
come over the loudspeaker and say, all right, we're going to start to wave in section 23, and then it's going to go to section 24. And it was never on the jumbotron, you know, we're going to start in section 23. It's always some yahoo that decides they want to do the wave. And then they get another, okay, it's Heather. <laughs> it's Heather the yahoo saying, all right, I want to do the wave. And then you get some other yahoo to do the wave who gets another yahoo. And then there's a section doing it. And then another section. And before you know it, there's like 60,000 yahoos doing this wave. They have no idea. When they're doing the wave, they have no idea if it was the shortest, the tallest, the richest, the poorest, the prettiest, the ugliest, youngest, oldest person who started the wave. Nobody knows who started the wave, but the wave started. But it started with one person getting another person who got another person to do it. It didn't matter about status. It wasn't just season ticket holders. That's how our lives can be. Whether it's a family, whether it's business, any team organization we're in, it just takes one person doing what they're supposed to do or trying to get someone else to do something great. And then before you know it, greatness can happen. Before you know it, a lot of people are doing something. And I love the wave analogy for leadership. It's not the boss. The boss might be a positional leader, but if you're listening to this, don't wait on your boss to do something. Don't wait for someone else to do something. You take it upon yourself. You be the they. Don't wait for they to do it. You do it. You make a change. You be the change that you want to see in the world. You be the difference that you want to see in this world. Yeah, I agree because it's never the season ticket holders that start the wave. <laughs> They're the ones that are like, we're trying to watch the game. <laughs> You're like, nobody actually cares about the game. <laughs> we're here for the environment. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I really do think that that's, you know, it's, it is the person who's just doesn't matter who it was. It doesn't, but it's there. So I, I really do enjoy that analogy. Wrapping up, we have a few questions that we ask every guest that comes on the show. So the first one is, what are your goals for the next 12 months? Yeah, we're coming out with a book, so I got to finish it and edit it. But we're coming out with a book in th at Thanksgiving time called The Captain. And it's about what real leadership looks like. And it's about a guy that has always been the stud, has always been the captain, has always been, you know, the football star. And then he goes to be a Navy pilot, Top Gun pilot. And he's always been the captain. He's always been in charge, but he's never been a good leader. So we're coming out with this book that talks about just what I just talked about for the last few minutes is he doesn't understand what real leadership is. He just thinks that being a captain has made him a leader. And so we're coming out with that book. It's a fictional book at Thanksgiving. And then we're going to look to take our leadership program in a different direction or in a similar direction. But right now, our leadership program is only for sports teams. So we're going to look to take it to individuals. So Heather, as a parent, could get it for her son or daughter. And we'll have certification. So you could get certified in the leadership playbook captain's course or whatever. So it'd be certification. It would help you to get into college. It would help you to be a better leader in your high schools, those kind of things. So those are the two main things that we're looking at in the next year. That's awesome. I think it's really cool that you're expanding to individuals and not just the student athlete. I think that's really important to hit everybody, to hit all these youth and make sure that everybody understands that you don't have to be on a team or be part of something to be a leader. You can be yourself. So I think that's really cool. The next question is, what would the new you say to the old you? Oh, mercy. That's always a tough one. A lot of what I just said, I would say, listen to Heather's podcast. Here's a podcast to listen to. But you don't know it all. 
And one thing that I would say, I love this quote. I forget who said it first, but knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit, but wisdom is knowing that it doesn't go into a fruit salad. As a young coach, as a young quote unquote leader, I had a lot of knowledge. I had a lot of intelligence. I thought I knew it all, but I wasn't very wise. And so I would be more wise you know, hey, this is the way it should be done. Heather, you should do this because I told you so, because I'm smarter than you, because I know what we're supposed to do. I'm the coach, I'm in charge. I should have been more wise about that. I should have been, even if I'm right at something, and we see this all the time with politicians or so quote unquote leaders, it doesn't have to be who's right or wrong. It's just what's best. What can we do to move people forward and get the best win-win solution if possible? And so that wasn't me early on, even though I cared about people. I also wanted to be right, or I wanted to show people that I was right. And it's not about intelligence. It's about wisdom. Yeah. I think that's really important for anybody to realize. And I think a lot of times you just kind of have to, uh, I think uh, what comes with wisdom is when somebody really does think that their way is going to be that like, okay, let's do it. And then kind of have to let them fail through it and figure it out for themselves. So I definitely think that that is something that's really important for younger people to learn is that you don't know everything and it's okay. (laughs) You know, high schoolers and college age kids, man, they are invincible (laughs) and know-it-alls. So (laughs) I think that's really important. The next one is what is something that you can offer or a piece of advice for somebody that is going through a tough time? Yeah. And that's tough because any piece of advice or anything I say can sound cliche or trite because it's easy for someone to be a Monday morning quarterback or an armchair quarterback and give advice. I mean, just like, I mean, for instance, I have an 11 year old son, 12 years ago, I was probably parent of the year. I was an amazing parent 12 years ago. So to give advice, that's, it's tough, but I would say my biggest piece of advice would be the advice I give my son every day when I drop him off at school or even at summer camp be kind to others, even if they're not kind to you. And I know that doesn't help. Like if they're going through something, I understand that. Mm-hmm. But sometimes when we're going through something, and I hate to even say this because it sounds like I'm trivializing it. But when we're going through issues, we tend to then just go inward and only focus on our issue. One of the best things that we can do is to go outward and help other people and maybe be kind to other people. Well, how does that solve our problem? You know what? Maybe it doesn't solve our problem. The world doesn't need more of is people not being kind to others. So for instance, this is kind of a weird example, but you know, as a coach, there was a couple times where I didn't like my players or there was a certain player I didn't like. This isn't the same exact apples to apples comparison, but I would write a note to them, an encouraging note to them. I would force myself to do that because it's hard to have a bad attitude toward them if I've just written an encouraging note to them. I know that's not apples to apples, but if we're depressed or, and I shouldn't even use that word, but if we're struggling, whatever it is in our life, we're going to tend to be consumed with that issue. But if we can make someone else's world better, there is the chance that our perspective changes, our attitude changes. But if nothing else, we make someone else's world better. And maybe they're struggling right now and we didn't even know it. Yeah. The same way, how many times are we struggling or we're down in the dumps and someone does something nice for us and it totally brightens our day? Right. So if we're going through something tough, look to how can I be kind to others, even if they're not kind to me, or even if they're not doing anything for me. Yeah. Um, total great advice, 
but just in general, be kind to others and it's going to make the world better, but it might make our disposition a little bit better. It might recalibrate some of our thinking. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think that it's funny. I've had this conversation with a few people is that like, there is no selfless act that doesn't have selfish intentions, right? We do everything selflessly, like to make ourselves feel better, right? And so it is definitely, yes, it's being kind and it's going to make the world a better place, but it will make you feel better. And so I think that's definitely a, a great piece of advice. I think that that is something that a lot of people can take in and, and it's so easy to just do one kind thing and it could change your whole day. So I really like that. The next one is what is a book, podcast, ebook, quote, or anything that you kind of live by or would recommend to somebody? Yeah, it's an old book, and I but I believe in it wholeheartedly. And I still think a lot of the stories stand up, even though some of them are older stories, obviously, since it was written back in the 1930s. But it's a book called How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. And How to Win Friends, Influence People. But the premise of it is essentially getting to know other people, understanding other people. And if, Heather, you and I are talking in a normal conversation, like at a party, a Christmas party or something, the best way that I can be interesting is by getting you to talk, is not for me to tell you all about my life and to tell you how great I am, but to ask questions about you and get you talking about stuff. And then all of a sudden I become interesting to Heather, even though I haven't said much, you know, and one of the things I remember him saying in that book is that when they would go out, you know, when you go out fishing, you use worms. Do you know why you use worms? Because fish like worms. You don't use, I like strawberries and cream and see, that's a little dated, but I like strawberries and cream. I don't use strawberries and cream to catch fish. You know why? Because they don't like strawberries and cream. In other words, get to know what the other person likes get them talking about what that other person likes. And that's just one takeaway from that book. But there's so many other takeaways, even though it's an older book. I think it's great of just understanding where other people are coming from. And it's not all about you. And it's not all about you dominating a conversation. Yeah. If you want, what is it? If you want to be interesting, be interested, I think is great. The, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But also great book. Anybody who is you know, listening, look up Dale Carnegie, his programs, all that stuff that it's a fantastic book and program. He's, I mean, he's got hundreds of books, but yeah, great recommendation there. And then finally, where can people find you, learn more about you and reach out to you if they want to book you for a speaking gig? If they're a twit, they can jump on Twitter. I'm there a lot at coach Beckler, B-E-C-H-L-E-R, but at coach Beckler. And now if you want to know my thoughts, my favorite sports team, what I'm eating or where I'm vacationing, you don't want to follow me because I won't tell you that you get positive insights, things about leadership, things about culture, things about how to be positive in life. That's what we try to throw out there on Twitter. You know, Twitter can be a cesspool sometimes of negativity. We try to be a, a light in that negativity and that darkness sometimes, but at Coach Beckler on Twitter. They can also check out our website at coachbeckler.com and find out all about our podcasts, check out the different episodes we've had, different books we've had, and our blog, all that kind of stuff. So coachbeckler.com. Awesome. Jamie, thank you so much for coming on the show today. This has been an amazing conversation with tons of insight, and it's been 
to change for the podcast, which I really enjoy being able to change it up and be a little bit more positive. So thank you so much for coming on the show today. Hey, I appreciate it, Heather. And thanks for all the good work that you're doing with your podcast as well. You're really making an impact. So thank you so much for that. Appreciate it. If you or anyone you know has been victimized by domestic violence, please reach out to us for resources and ways our organization can help you. You can find us on social media at 2thrivingatl, T-O, thriving, A-T-L, or online at 2thriving.org.